Hey everyone, so as we wrap up this first season of St. Anthony's Tongue, I'm ending with a few episodes on reflections that I've had. And this reflection will be upon the communion of saints. What are the saints? What I've learned? The evolution of my experiences with them. I hope you enjoy, and thank you for all of your support. Peace be with you and with your spirit. Welcome to another reflection episode of St. Anthony's Tongue. Something that's missing in a lot of organized religion, and to an extent, a lot of individual spirituality, is the lack of a spiritual system. In many organized religions and organized spiritualities as well, we're told to pray, we're told to have faith. First off, we're rarely taught how to pray, and secondly, to say something like have faith is so vague and lacking. Which again, I do not personally describe my spirituality as magic or esoteric or, or anything otherworldly, but I feel as if many people flock to those titles and labels, which again, there's nothing wrong with, because they want a spiritual system and they've never been given a spiritual system. They've been given commands like pray and believe this. And to me, the spiritual system that is found within Catholicism has had all of the tools that I have needed to commune with the divine, to petition, to feel protected, and to be closer to God. And for those who want to twist my words, I am speaking of the spiritual systems found within Catholicism, not the institution. I'm not saying following the catechism to a T and agreeing with the Vatican on everything has brought me immense joy and spiritual greatness. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is these tools, and these tools are available to all of us, Catholic or not, they can be all one needs as part of a spiritual system. And as this is a reflection episode, that is what I personally have found. I have not found a need to go beyond this spiritual system. And at the heart of this spiritual system, it's always going to be the saints. Now let's reflect on what is a saint. When we die, we do not become angels. We become like the angels. We become saints. And our role as saints is to intercede for those on the earthly realm, to hear their prayers and assist however we can. Yes, there are those who have been bestowed the paperwork by the Catholic Church and other denominations that have saints to have that title, but by definition, it's really anyone who is in heaven is a saint. The paperwork really is just the recognition of a miracle which confirms they can hear your prayers. But a saint is anyone that we believe is in heaven. And I find this spiritual system so simple and so sweet, and it's the heart of Catholicism, both traditional leaning practices and folksy leaning practices. They center so much on the saints, on this spiritual celestial army or celestial community that intercedes for us. Many people talk about ancestor veneration. Many people talk about spiritual allies. Well, saints are both of those things inherently. It's just two different words for the same thing, because if our ancestors are in heaven, then our ancestors are, are our saints and our ancestors can intercede for us. 
So it's all there, and I find it so simple and so sweet that all we need really is to call upon these allies that we have, these protectors, these patrons, who are there to assist us in finding happiness and finding joy and being closer to the divine. And many people will say, well, if the goal is to be closer to God, well, isn't petitioning selfish? And, and I would say, no, not at all. We still call upon the saints in times of need because God wants us to be joyful. God wants us to feel light. God wants us in a healthy state of being so we can feel his love more closely. So we can always call upon the saints and we can always call upon God and the Trinity as well. And devotion to the saints, or also called the cult of the saints, was such an important part of ancient Christianity. And that is why those oral traditions and these ritualistic traditions have such a strong place in the more culturally or folksy-leaning practices that we see of the Catholic Church. Also, the traditional practices, because again, as I've discussed in my folk Catholicism episodes, what sometimes what people call folk Catholicism is just Catholicism to the people that are doing it. But nonetheless, the saints play a very big part there. And I do think over time, saints have become deified to an extent due to some folk rituals. But at their essence, the saints are no different than you and I. They're not deities, they're not gods, they're our helpers. The analogy that many people use, and not just the most traditionalist folks, this example actually comes from Augustino Tamaturgos and the things we do. It's also mentioned in Italian folk magic at some other places. But yes, in traditional Catholicism as well, this example is used, and that is the saints are like lawyers and they are going to petition before the throne of God on our behalf. And that's when patronages come in as well, because all lawyers can practice law, but sometimes you need the personal injury attorney, sometimes you need the copyright lawyer. But that's what they're doing, is they're developing a friendship with us so they can pray for us, so that they can go before the throne of God. Now, can they themselves perform miracles, so on and so forth? I do not see why God would not allow them to. So therefore, asking them for intercession, is, it's never a bad thing, and it's a very simple thing. But another thing I do want to reflect upon, and it's what I reflected upon a little bit in the previous reflection, is this concept of superstition. Many rituals centered around the saints, and a lot of these rituals are cultural, and it's beautiful. But we have to be weary of superstition, and I want to be very, 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 very clear why. When I started this podcast, I was inundated with messages about religious trauma, spiritual trauma, religious and spiritual anxiety that people suffered. Conversations, discussions, messages, so on and so forth. And most of it centered around concepts like sinfulness and a wrathful God. Therefore, when we look at some of these folksy cultural beliefs about the saints, we're sometimes going to hear things like, which I've discussed, I still discuss these in every episode, but you're going to hear things like, you shouldn't mess with a hot saint like St. Peter. If you don't give St. Peter an offering every day, your house might burn down. Or even a more lightweight thing, like if you blow out the candle rather than snuffing it, your prayers won't be answered. And by and large, this is something that I will continue to talk about in every episode because it's part of cultural Catholicism or folk Catholicism. But even though I'm sharing it, we still have to approach these things with a grain of salt or else we are going to fall into the same wrathful trickster god mentality 
that many people are trying to escape from. Many people are trying to move away and get away from this abusive, they felt abusive upbringing in a religious institution in which they told that God was going to punish them. And now you're going to be scared to pray to a saint because you think the saint's going to burn your house down. It's the same thing. So when we approach these rituals, we must take some of them with caution, with a grain of salt, with playfulness, and even a sense of humor at times. Now again, let me be clear. Am I saying that we need to move away from folk rituals? Absolutely not. In nearly every episode, I discuss the importance of ritual, and I also discuss the importance of creating your own. And I'm saying that we should not make God or the saints out to be these bully or trickster spirits. Now, can God, or I guess by proxy a saint, do something to teach us a lesson? Sure, God can do or will anything, but it likely won't be because you didn't offer a slice of cake at the right time, or you blew out the candle instead of snuffing it. The lesson will probably be something else, if a lesson even comes at all. We must remember that the saints are just like you and I, and it's our goal to become like the saints. They're more akin to ancestor spirits than these powerful deity spiritual figures that some people make them out to be. We should build a friendship with them so we can better ask for things and they can better know us and better understand our needs. We aren't necessarily called to fear them, but instead love them and respect them as we would a friend or a mentor. And staying upon this theme of ritual, Another reflection has been just how powerful a simple novena can be. And I feel like I haven't talked about novenas enough. I, I should have likely done a singular episode on them because I mention them quite often. But traditionally, a novena is a nine-day prayer. And traditionally, it can be done with a nine-day candle. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just repeating a prayer for nine days. And I think that makes it one of the most approachable forms of petitioning and spirituality out there. And it's such a beautiful way to connect with the saints. And for me personally, since I'm reflecting on me, I haven't found the need for much else other than these novenas and prayers. Again, I'm not saying that that's all you need. I'm saying it's all I have found I've needed. And we can make these rituals our own. And I think that is so powerful. And when I say things like we shouldn't make it too complex, what I'm saying is we shouldn't overthink it. But you can certainly and should make a novena as creative as you want it to be, in which I've discussed many times. If a certain saint has something that is speaking out to you about their story, then decorate your altar with that thing. Or if something from a saint's story tells you they can help you with something, then make that petition about that situation that you'd help with. And there's so much you can do. And for me, a novena is also a creative expression of my spirituality. If there's something I admire about a saint, I try to incorporate it into a prayer, into an act, into a visual, something like that. And that creative aspect and that creative expression is a way to connect with the spiritual side of things. And I also often say that a novena never fails. And this is because we will always learn something during those nine days. There's always going to be spiritual fruits to receive. That fruit may be the answer that we aren't going to get what we are asking for, but it often eventually comes with a revelation as to why. 
And there's something that happens for me in novenas because it is ritualistic for me that while I'm going there for a petition to ask the saints and to ask God for something, it doesn't become the point after a while. The point more so is that I've done it and that I've asked and that I've sat there and that I've put in the work. And therefore that means that first I've done everything I could physically. Let's say I am asking for a job or I am asking for someone to be healed or myself to be healed of something. That means I've done everything I can physically. I've applied to jobs, I've put out my resume. Or the healing part, I've gone to all the doctors, I'm taking good care of myself and following their orders. But now the last nine days I've done all I could spiritually as well. I have put it in God's hands and I can step away. That does not mean that I fully have to step away or need to or should step away from the physical, temporal side of things. I might need to continue. But at least now I know that God has heard it and is working upon it. And there's this release that happens with a novena that I find very beautiful. And I guess reflecting similarly on this idea of going beyond just petitioning. I think when we look at the saints, there's so much there that we can take that's beyond just asking for things. That's beyond what some people may call the magical aspects. And the saints are our friends and they're intercessors before God, but there's this ocean of wisdom that we can take away from their lives and their stories. There's many saints that I've never prayed to, but I'll pull from when handling a situation or confronting a problem because I've spent the last year researching and reading and writing and recording about saints. I might be facing something and I remember something that St. Francis de Sales said, or I might be meditating upon something or struggling with an issue and I remember something that St. John of the Cross said. And that's why studying the saints is so good. It's not only about who we will call upon next, but how can we emulate these things the saints teach us so we can become saints too. And I guess in a way that makes them a patron as well. You can have a patron not just because you want to call upon them all the time, but because there's things you can take from them and learn from them. As far as taking things from saints, I think many people like to use saints like a fashion accessory to say I'm a devotee of so-and-so. And while that can be true, our spiritual courts will and surely can and probably should change and evolve over time. While we are a student, we might pray to St. Catherine of Bologna. And then when we graduate and we get a job as a journalist, we might pray to St. Francis de Sales. And then when we become parents, it might become St. Anne or St. Joseph. Does that mean we lose these other saints? Maybe or maybe not. I think you never do. My point is that saints will make themselves known depending on the season of our lives. There certainly will be saints we continue to pray to for many years. What I do is I choose a saint for every area of my life, for my career, my family, my health, my spirituality, and then one or two other ones I just really like. But that way all the bases are covered and then ones that come and go, they come and go, but they're always with me. I also hear often a saint chooses you, you do not choose a saint. And I don't like definitives. I think it's definitely both. But I also think that's true because if you are being pulled to choose a saint for something, it's for a reason. And there's 
often something divine at play there, why you are choosing that saint. But saints definitely make themselves known to you as well, and I've had that experience many times. But overall, there's just so many that I feel wonderfully about pulling from, from time to time, as well as ones that I incorporate into my prayers, even if simple. Even if a simple Saint Joseph pray for us, Saint John the Baptist pray for us. It does not have to be complicated. So I guess in conclusion, I've just found that the saints are at the heart of a very simple spiritual system in which we can call upon them for just about anything. And yes, it is important to form a relationship with them. You don't want to ask a stranger for help. You at least want to introduce yourself. And that's, again, why getting to know them outside of asking something for them is is helpful. And that can also just mean reading upon, reading about their lives, reading their books, reading their writings. It's also why it's important that if a feast day is coming up, you just do a novena to do a novena. And your petition, your request is, I just want to get to know you better. I do that quite often. It doesn't have to be on their feast day. But the saints are very beautiful. They're wonderful. And their legends and their lives are so important. And obviously, you should know I feel that way since I have a podcast about the saints. I also feel as if we must be cautious, playful, but cautious, and any kind of thinking that resorts saints or God into tricksters. And again, that's not me talking badly about folk rituals. That term folk ritual in of itself is very complicated. That's simply me trying to protect you from going down a harmful mindset and a harmful relationship and a warped view of the divine. I also believe that saints will come and go in our lives, but it's great to have a core that you do keep around. And to also study the ones that do make themselves known. And lastly, just the saints have done very, very powerful things for me in my spiritual life. They have assisted me not only in my practices of prayer and communion with the divine, so on and so forth, but also practically and they've brought me closer to Christ. And as a Catholic, Saints and Mary shouldn't be first, but they often are. And I mean, the, the phrase to Jesus through Mary and the saints are there to bring us closer to Christ. And I've always had a respect for the incarnation, but to me, Christ was an incarnation that filled a role. And I still had reverence and respect and still do, but I never felt a personal relationship. But reading the writings of the saints and reading some of their poetry about Christ and the devotions they had, things started to make more sense to me. And I've started to feel something in relationship to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that is more mystical and personal. And I do owe a lot of that to the saints. So this has been my reflection on the communion of saints. This has been St. Anthony's Tongue, and I am your host, W, and may all of your patrons pray for you. <laughs>